This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 32 of Woods and Waters Project, the first episode of season two. I am so excited that you're here and I'm so excited that this is the first guest of season two. This interview is with a gal named Melanie. I really only got to know her through social media, but we quickly became each other's hype girls. And if any of you guys know me at all, archery is kind of my, is my escape. It's something I coach, it's something I love, it's a huge part of what got me into hunting and the outdoors as a whole, and I find it as an awesome outlet to empower and inspire and teach others. And Melanie and her family are very much in alignment with that. They are incredible, and they inspire the shit out of me. And so I got her on the phone. I was super excited. She is as lovely as I thought she was going to be. And this episode is all about archery, kind of the myths around it, equipment, archery for women, relating that to bow hunting, kind of all of those things. And if you at all are interested in picking up a bow or taking it a little further or teaching or mentoring others, or you just get nerdy with us and like talking about it, this is definitely your episode, and Melanie is the perfect person for this. So I'm so glad you guys are here. Let's get into it. Here's Melanie. Like, 
podcast episodes to record is when I kind of sort of know somebody, but I don't really know you, right? Like I, the questions right? I'm asking you today, I, I really don't know these things about you necessarily. So um, I can get this like, you're going to get like your genuine, like my genuine reaction, you know, and I'm going to be learning <laughs> alongside of the listeners about you. And um, so I'm excited to get to know you today and really appreciate your time. We've just been like each other's hype hype women on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I love that. I And see, that's like the best part of this for me is just getting to know people, the community. Like, it's not about all the Instagram stuff. It's about the people that I have met and the connections I've made. And it's just so fun to like actually hear a voice and get yeah. to really have a discussion. So that's super fun. Good. Yeah, I feel I feel the exact same way. I have um, I've seen this saying multiple times on social media that says no one I think it's like no one supports you more than the women on Instagram you don't even know yes (laughs) it's the truth (laughs) I tell people all the time like if you need a cheering section like I'm your girl like I just want I want to lift up every human that I can and if it's archery related then you're gonna get like the bonus cheering section so and that was like what was so exciting for me to like follow you. So we'll like get into this more as we talk too. But with how much you share about archery, I love, I loved it so much. And I just, I just recently am seeing, um, you know, once you kind of get into that world, you start finding other people like you who share certain things. But until you really put yourself out there, you feel so like on an island. And that was what was so exciting to me about connecting with you is how much you do share about archery and talk about it. I I haven't seen a lot of like women do that, you know, regularly um, and just empower people in that way. And a couple years ago, I became an archery coach and um, because there just seemed like there was a need for it. I got asked to teach people a lot. And so I just decided to dive in. So when I saw your Instagram page, your social media, and how, and like how you live, your family lives and breathes it, it seems I was like pumped up and inspired, you know, and made me want to step up my game (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) Well, and that's what I love about you too. And I went back and listened to some of your other podcasts because I wanted to like know what was going on and have a better feel. And, um, I just like, I felt connected to you in so many ways because I love that you're teaching and I'm just getting ready to get my, um, I'll get my level two instructor certification next month. Well, it's the end of this month, actually. So I'm really excited about that and just all the fun um, things that we had in common was exciting for me. And I feel the same as you. Like when I got into this, I felt like, to some degree, there's like a boys club mm-hmm. and I always kind of ran with the boys. I've always been a tomboy. And, um, and so I kind of felt like I fit in that world, but there were so many aspects of like, I wanted to buy a new bow and every single bow review was done by a man, even if it was a woman's bow. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I, I think men do a fabulous job of reviewing and, I, you know, I love and respect a male perspective. However, we aren't built the same. We don't value the same things when it comes to many aspects of life, including archery. And I was like, there's no women's perspectives. And so 
I was like, well, I guess I'm going to try and help be that. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Actually, like when I put together um, and like I do, like you said it so beautifully, honestly. So when I teach uh, intro to archery classes, oftentimes I'm teaching adult women and Uh I do have like a, I always make a point to have a good 10, 15 minutes of conversation around exactly what you just said. So just being aware of, um, there's nothing wrong with purchasing a bow for yourself that is geared towards women, right? But just being right. aware of why is it being marketed towards women? Is it just that it's purple, pink, or turquoise? Or is it actually right. a good bow for you, right? And just understanding right. what that means. Because when you're new to archery, whether it's for bow hunting or not, just for chart, whatever, there's a lot of... Um, you know, marketing tactics that make you think, oh, this is better for me because they say so, when sometimes it's not necessarily. So uh, I really appreciate that. I always make a point to talk about that um, in my classes because if you, if, you, if you want the bow because of what it looks like, go, you know, go for it, male or female. That's <laughs> absolutely. Right. But just be aware that that might not be the best fit for you. Um, it might not meet your needs. It might be, you know, you might be spending hundreds of dollars more than you really need to, if that's a concern of yours and that kind of thing. So I appreciate that a lot, a lot, a lot. Right. And I've always been an advocate for, and I, I hope that I will always be an advocate for you. There's not the perfect brand. There's not the perfect bow to fit everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. And there are brands that are great brands that are highly marketed that people will tout that are the best. And do they have great bows? Yes. Do they have the best bow for you? Um, Maybe not. And it doesn't matter if it's marketed as a women's bow or marketed as a male, male bow or whatever. You should shoot every single thing you can get your hands on in your draw weight, your draw length, and your specifications, and then make that decision for you. Because I personally know that the bows that I have looked at the specs and been like, ooh, that looks like the perfect bow, have not been the bows that I loved when I got into the shop and actually shot those bows. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I've ended up with bows that I was like, Oh, I don't even know if I can buy this bow because of the brand or because of the stigma (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) but I loved it. And I like, you know, so I am definitely an advocate for find what fits you the best and don't fall to the, opinions of others or the marketing ploys of companies get the bow in your hand and try it out for yourself you know yeah absolutely no that's great um yeah that's I've had that exact experience and I um that was really hard for me I just purchased I have a bow uh that should be getting delivered to me in the next week or two I I bought myself a brand new bow a Matthew Matthew's bow and um, <laughs> I've never, and, and I didn't even, I don't know. I, I've never bought myself um, really a brand new, until this last year, brand new anything. I've always had hand-me-downs. Um, right. And I've always been just kind of told, here, this is yours. This is, you know, this will work for you. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and I just dealt with it. And and, it, and I was still successful with the bow I had. Um, 
but I had this idea of like the next exactly exact experience. I had this idea of like the bow I wanted. And then once I got it in my hand, as simple as like the grip, right? Just like how it felt in my hand. I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. Like immediately it was a instant. Nope, not for me. And, um, visually the bow, the specs, everything was everything I wanted. And then when I touched, like had the bow in my hand, I was like, Nope, I didn't even draw it back. I was like, not for me. Right, <laughs> but silly things like that. Um, so we kind of just like went on that tangent. But could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Um, yes, of course <laughs> I can. So I am originally an Idaho girl. I grew up in Southeast Idaho. Um, I grew up in the outdoors, like. My family were big campers. We didn't necessarily hunt. We were not into archery at all. Um, but we spent a lot of time in nature, the outdoors. We, I grew up snowmobiling. I actually went to college on a snowmobile scholarship. They paid for my first two years of school, which is kind of one of those funny things you can throw out about yourself that nobody believes. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> And I don't know, we, we spent a lot of time on the water. So like boating was my family's thing and it was the thing that brought us together and we worked really hard and we played really hard. Um, and my dad really taught us the value of working for what you wanted. And when I decided to go to school, I went to school in Northern Utah. So I went to Utah state in Cache Valley and that's where I really fell in love with the mountains. So if you've never been to Northern Utah, especially we're right up on the, um, on the Idaho border, it's stunning. And it's just set in the middle of all of these mountain ranges. And the campus is set at the base of one of the mountain ranges. And I could literally run from my apartment into the Canyon. And so I started trail running So I spent tons of time doing that and um, I changed my major a million times. And finally, as a junior, um, my counselor called me in and she's like, you know, you're not going to graduate if you don't stick to a major and it's worthless for you to continue going to school unless we get this figured out. And so um, we looked at all of my credits and we decided that I was the closest to an exercise science degree. And she's like, here's some minor ideas. And so I ended up majoring in exercise science with a minor in parks and recreation um, and an emphasis in recreational therapy. So I finished college and then I took this crazy job in Jackson Hole, Wyoming And I worked as a manager, an office manager for a ranch. And I drove a team of horses up by the elk refuge and um, managed this office and lived on this ranch and (laughs) played in the mountains and ran and hiked and just experienced that for a while. And then kind of in the middle, my husband came into the picture and we ended up dating and getting married and we lived in Idaho for three years where I worked as a recreational therapist at, um, uh, 
behavioral health center, like a psychiatric hospital for three years. And then my heart was still just the mountains of Cache Valley were kind of calling me that just Logan kind of took a place in my heart and I really wanted to get back there. And I applied for a position at a residential treatment center for girls with eating disorders in the Cache Valley area as their exercise specialist. And I got that job. And so we packed up and moved back to Utah and ever since our life has just kind of been the outdoors we camp we hike but my husband and I are like the definition of polar opposites so he's <laughs> like the motors fast you know let's dirt bike and razor ride and four wheel and if it's got a motor then that's where his tart's at or if you can shoot it and I was always like the runner, the hiker, kind of the physical activity outdoor kind of person. And he wasn't that. And so after a little while, we had been here probably a year. Um, he told me he wanted a bow. And I, I had never picked up a bow in my life. I knew nothing about archery. Like we didn't even have it in school in Idaho. Like that wasn't a thing. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. And we didn't have very much money. We were living in an apartment and we were actually getting ready to build our second, our third house. Um, so we were saving every penny to try and get ready for that build. And I scraped up all of my birthday money that I had been saving and I bought him a Bear Cruiser G2 for his birthday and I knew nothing about bows. Like I just walked in and I'm like, what's a good entry level bow. And luckily the shop that I was talking to, you know, gave me some decent suggestions. And so I bought him this bow and he was so excited about it. Like the look on his face was totally worth it. And then he put it in the closet and didn't touch it for like two years. And I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> And so I already kind of had a bad taste in my mouth for archery. And yeah. after a couple of years, he came to me and he's like, I, I want to start shooting. Like, I think you should try it. And I was kind of like, no, I'm not really interested. And he's like, let's just go in and, you know, I want you to try and shoot a bow. So we went into our local shop and they set up a bow and I knew like, I knew nothing. I had no idea about form and it's, all these guys and the tech that was working with us didn't know much either. I think he was pretty new and my husband was still new and he didn't know much. And so they just hand me this bow and an arrow and they're like, you need to touch the string to your face. And I was like, is it going to tear my face off? Like I, it was not a good experience. <laughs> so I fired the first time and I was just like, okay, well that was nice and handed the bow back and kind of just was like, let's get out of here. So my first archer experience wasn't necessarily like love at first draw. <laughs> um, and so we went probably a year. My husband started shooting and learning more. And then um, he kind of convinced me to try it again. And for my birthday, he bought me a Bear Cruiser G2 as well. And so I'm like, well, now I've got this thing. I guess I better learn how to use it. Yeah. 
And I fell in love. Like, I, it really changed my relationship with myself and my relationship with my husband. And our kids had been shooting like little recurves for a couple of years. And, you know, that was kind of a fun thing that led into all of us getting into this. And I don't know. I feel like I've just talked a lot, but, um, <clears throat> no, but that, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's little bear cruiser G2, like, fostered that love of archery for me and so I guess that's kind of where it all started (laughs) yeah and did you it sounds like it wasn't even um and it was just archery itself right it wasn't even necessarily for like bow hunting or anything like that correct no in fact we we actually this will be our first season hunting so we have been shooting archery for about like consistently for five years, really consistent, consistently for about the last two. Um, but we have never hunted. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, uh, um, I, I I always like, I I do a couple different versions of like the class I'll teach sometimes. It, It typically is very focused on just archery itself. Because I feel like archery is just by itself, outside of bow hunting, if you have no interest in hunting, I just think archery is such a, um, like a play on words here, but a release, right? Uh, And like meditative sometimes. And makes you feel just capable and badass sometimes. And it just, when you get to that point of, you get past the anxiousness that in the beginning it can bring, it, it just it's just like a cool feeling. And I've seen that in my class. I mean, I've only had a handful of, um, not even a handful, maybe two, um, people who just like walk away from it and they're like, Oh, I don't know, you know, because they, they build it up so much. They go from one minute, they don't even know how to hold the bow. They're holding it upside down to all of a sudden they're hitting the target. And then all of a sudden they're figuring out how to get the bullseye, you know, and then they just feel so good about themselves and it escalates in a matter of a couple hours. And that's outside of bow hunting. That adds another level of like all the emotion. So I'm excited to hear what that's going to be like for you. (laughs) Right. Well, and that has kind of been one of my motivating factors too, is that I think when people hear archery, they think that you have to either fit in like competitive target archery or you have to be a hunter. And I think they don't see that there's this whole gray area that is so empower, um, sorry, so empowering and can be so therapeutic that you don't necessarily have to be like competition grade target archer or you don't have to be an avid hunter in order to be actively involved in this sport and it has definitely been so therapeutic for me like I've always kind of been the cardio junkie and my run was like my sanity Mm -hmm. and in the last few years like I don't know if my endorphins are you know my body's just gotten used to that but it hasn't been what I needed as much and then I started picking up a bow And honestly, I joke, but there's not much that four arrows can't fix, you know? (laughs) And so I, it's been really, really powerful for us. And we're excited for the hunting adventure and like the new side of it 
But the thing that really made me and my husband fall in love with archery was um, 3D. We went up and shot attack, um, total archery challenge in Montana. And it was like the perfect thing for us because I got like the hiking and the physical aspect out in nature and he got the shooting aspect and he actually liked that hiking part and I actually really liked the shooting part and it was just so good for us. And so that kind of really lit the fire for our family and for our relationship and started um, us on this crazy archery journey that we're on. Um, Oh, sorry. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, and you have and you have three and you have three kiddos, right? Yes. Yeah. So I have uh, my little boy just turned nine, and then I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. Awesome. And they are and I think I've seen are all of them like in archery into archery now. <laughs> yes. So they all shoot. My our oldest, our nine-year-old. It was his birthday on Saturday, actually. He is shooting Joad, which is the junior. Uh, junior Olympic archery development program. And then he also shoots leagues. He and my daughter, who's our middle child, she's seven. They both shoot archery leagues. And then our four-year-old, our four-year-old, we kind of take the approach of like, we want to foster a love of archery and we don't want to force it on our kids, obviously. And so, um, when she wants to shoot, we let her shoot. We started all of our kids with just a little um, bare first shot recurve bow. And so that's what she's shooting right now. And she'll go with us to the 3D tournaments and go to the range. And sometimes she wants to shoot and sometimes she doesn't. And we're okay with that. And she hikes around with us. We have a really great 3D range that's part of our club. Um, that we're, our family is actually in charge of. And it's just up one of the canyons where we live. And it is so fabulous. It's like uh, 60 targets. And it is just a course through the mountains. And we do that at least weekly during the summer. And she shoots those animals. And her favorite to shoot is the reindeer. And <laughs> so we, we, our whole family is really involved. And my oldest is just on fire. He got a target bow for his birthday and he's so excited about it. And it's just a used, we picked one up from one of the cute girls that shoots in Joab with him. And it's a little Aww. big for him, but yeah. he'll grow into it fast. And so, yeah, they, they really like it. We're actually going to go and do, um, we've got six um, big, 3D shoots scheduled this summer. So we're doing three math mountain archery fest and three tack total archery challenge shoots. Um, and our kids are going to come, all of our kids are going to come to one of the math shoots. And then we just signed up for math in Colorado and we're just going to take Brody, our oldest. And so he's super excited about that. That's amazing. I have always like wanted to do 3D shoots to that extent because we, I grew up, um, actually like I started shooting a bow when I was about 10 years old and, um, mm-hmm. the way we 
got into it was through three 3d shoots and and from like what i can tell um we went to them all the time as a family so my younger brother my dad and myself we are hunters but my mom is not and it still has tried to dabble and like get into it but it just has not been her thing but she loved shooting bows with us and so 3d shoots was a way for us as a family i can relate so much to to get outside and do stuff like that together and have our mom feel like she was a part of that with us um and she ended up being when especially when i was younger uh the better shot out of all of us but that's um, awesome yeah she was great and um we haven't done that as a family for for a while but growing up we did that a lot and there's kind of this transition point in my life where you know i was focused on career and all that stuff and the reason i'm so hardcore in all of it now is because i was tired of all of it being missing from my life for so long but now that i'm helping like teach classes and stuff like that um you know most of the groups of women that i, I I think every class I've ever taught, when I explain 3D archery ranges, none of them know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> right. Like they and, and that and that like because I grew up with it, I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like there's a few of them around here, and there's been a handful that have shut down um, too. But they're starting to kind of come back. Like there's new uh, people starting 3D ranges, um, indoor and outdoor, and that's really exciting to me. But in the Midwest, it's like they're beautiful here. But it is like nothing compared to what I've seen of total archery challenges and other events like that. Like that looks intense to me. <laughs> yes. You need to come out and do it. Come shoot one with us. It's so fun. Is it like, I mean, can a flatlander like me handle, am I going to be, am I going to die? <laughs> like hiking, no. am I going to be okay? No, come to Texas with us. Texas, we're going to Texas in two weeks. Um, and I've heard Texas is like a little less intense because it's a little more rolling hill than mountain, like <laughs> Rocky Mountain high, you know. So we're going to do that one in two weeks. But you could totally handle it. So what you do typically is they put it on at a ski resort. And you ride the chairlift up and then they have multiple courses down the different ski runs. And so most of it is downhill, like you're working your way back down the mountain, although you have like the up and down, you sure, know, you shoot yeah. up into the trees and climbing over tree fall. And we did, um, we did big sky last year again. And my husband <laughs> tripped going through some tree fall and came right down on his site. And we were just like, oh, no, it was our first day, and we always shoot two days. And I was like, oh, we're done, you know. But I will tell you that that fast Eddie spot hog site can take a beating and keep on going. Like, it was totally fine, and he was mostly fine, and we just kept on going. But you could totally handle it. You would love it. Yeah, I think I – no, I think I would love it. I think that's the problem. Everyone who's – anyone who's listened to my podcast regularly, every other episode I say something to the effect of – Basically, I do not need one more hobby or one more thing to be obsessed with because anything related <laughs> to, like, the outdoors, I get, like, very obsessed with and I put so much on my plate. But I've always wanted to do um, an archery challenge like that. And I've ha I have a couple friends. The other hard part, too, social media has changed that for me, and we, we started the conversation with this. But uh, it has – it is getting better and better. So I, it's not the same as it used to be, but it has always been kind of hard – for me to have friends or people 
who want to do some of those crazy things with me, right? Like they just right. don't want to do that, um, which is fine. I will do them by myself, but <laughs> I would rather not, you know? Um, right. But yeah, that's, a, that's incredible. And actually, I kind of put myself in a predicament here with my new bow coming. I thought when I ordered my bow, I thought I was going to get it about a month ago. And so I sold my my other bow. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I don't – I have a recurve. I have a recurve, but uh, I don't have a compound bow, which is typically what I shoot most of the time. So, yeah, I don't have a bow right now, so I would totally meet you in Texas in two weeks. I would do that. <laughs> but I'm, Darn it. I, I'm not oh, going to have my bow ready by then. <laughs> oh, so will you tell me what bow you got? Yeah, I got the Prima. And I yeah, – yeah, and I, I – I'm obsessed with it. I, I this we could totally go down this rabbit hole if you want to briefly. Um, I am gonna sound I am gonna sound like such a hypocrite when I say this, and my my boyfriend like rolls his eyes so hard at me when I talk about this too. But so okay, on the subject of my bow was always handed down to me. Right. I I have a I have a very like physically my family the I was I was one of the only females in my family. And the men in my family are very, like, have to be rough and tough and strong, you know? And so I, and they didn't slow down for me. I was their, you know, their pack mule, basically. You know, I carried the tree stands. I carried the heavy guns, the heavy bows. I pulled the, I always had stuff that was too big or too heavy for me my whole life. So I think, you know, now I'm a, I'm a very physically strong person. And that probably has something to do with it because I've always had to keep up, you know, I've always been forced to like, you got to keep up. And, uh, with that, I, and I've been shooting a bow, you know, for, um, almost 20 years, which is crazy. So right. I'm, I was, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to do this hunt in South Africa. Oh. And so with that, they suggest that you pull at least 60 pounds, uh, draw weight with your bow. Right. So, um, with the bow I had before, I had a Matthews, uh, a mission by Matthews, a riot is what I had for a long time, which is a great bow for like the middle price range. And honestly, it's just has a great range of weight and everything for anybody. It was a great bow for me. Um, right. I had that for a really long time and I was pulling back 70 pounds with it. There's also a caveat to that, that I want to say, cause I teach this, you do not need to pull that amount of weight to right it's not necessary especially the newer bows you get the technology that's with them the faster they are there's so many variables of why you do not need to pull back that much weight right but it became this little competition for me because there's multiple things that happened i was going to go to south africa this is like right before covid and some other crazy life things that happened but i was going to go to south africa so i wanted to i wanted to overcompensate a little bit i wanted to to pull back at least 65 pounds in my mind. That was my goal. Right. And then I blew past that, you know, just, I was shooting all the time. I was, I, I'm really into lifting. So, you know, I just, it was, it honestly was really easy for me. It was not a struggle for me to pull that back at all. Um, and I also was looking at getting some archery tech training because it's really, you know, one of my many goals is to be able to take a bow apart and be able to fix it for somebody, especially women. Okay, because I've, right. I've been mistreated by, 
or treated poorly by multiple archery techs, by multiple right. people in outdoor stores. And I, I'm going to guess because I'm a woman, but I, I hate to say that, but that, that's the truth. And right. so it's always been important to me for, to be very capable. I'm just like right. very motivated by being capable. So my prima to get on that subject, I almost had this weird hard time because so I'm not very tall. So with that, I needed a bow that I only have a 25 inch, you know, draw length. Right. And there's only so many bows that have um, that short of a draw length that you're pulling back 60 pounds or more, right? Right. So um, there's only so many choices, really. Uh, right. So the Prima actually maxes out at 60 pounds. And then, you know, I've right. been like, well, I can pull back more. And it's like, remember, you don't need to, you know? Right. <laughs> that was like a right. weird thing for me. Like, I almost didn't get that bow because... Okay, first off, why the hell do I need to pull back more than 60? I do not. But it, it was right. like I didn't make the decision right away because it just felt like I needed to pull back more weight because I have for such a long period of time. Um, and I was told once upon a time by two men in like a week's time that I would never be an archery tech because I wasn't strong enough. And, <sighs> you know, so that, that's, that was also the like weird chip on my shoulder I had with like increasing my bow weight. I know I sound so right. silly. But that was like no. the head games I played with myself. So there's that. No, I 100% get it. Like I've had similar experiences. Um, I'm actually, my husband and I are both going to go and get our Bowtech certification as well because I want to be able to do that for women. Like um, because I've had similar experiences when I went to buy my new bow when I finally was upgrading from my Bear Cruiser D2, um, I went into a shop and the shop owner was determined he was going to sell me a bow. And I wasn't super strong at that point, but I was probably, I think I was up to like 30, 35-ish pounds. Well, he had a bow that he could get down. I think it was 50-pound limbs, so he got it down to 38 and he's like oh you'll be fine and he manually forced me to draw that bow with him pushing on both ends like on the riser and pushing my arm back to get me to draw this bow that I couldn't draw and he had me do that over and over and over and over again and my shoulders were hurting but it was a pride thing you know like mm -hmm. I was yeah. I was like, um, sorry, there's a child running through my yard. <laughs> um, um, it was a pride thing for me, and I didn't want to be like, I really can't do this. And I ended up injuring both of my shoulders to the point where I could not shoot my, I couldn't shoot at all for at least three weeks. Like, couldn't even pick up my bow. And then I had to start back at 25 pounds and just gradually inch my way back up and I was devastated like I cried and for weeks and I was like I don't even know why I'm doing this like archery is dumb like <laughs> I'll never be able to find a new boat like I was just in a really bad place when it comes to my feelings about everything and I was convinced that I was too weak and all of these things and at one point I was like I turned to my husband I'm like why am I doing this and he's like you're not giving this up and in that moment, I knew that I had a choice. I could either quit or I could make a difference. And I just decided, like, 
I may be one human, I may be one person, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make it better for women in this industry. If I can help one woman not have the experience that I had, then it will be worth it. And I'm going to do everything in my power. And that's when I started this Instagram page and I started our YouTube channel and all of the things that we have been working on to try and help support women and families. And, you know, there are men who don't draw tremendous amounts of weight and that's okay. Like, like you said, great that you can draw 60 or 70 pounds. That's an amazing accomplishment for you. And I think that that is incredible, but do you have to do that in order to be successful in archery? And the answer is no, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's no, (laughs) (laughs) but but it's awesome. Like I, your hero status in my book, but, but you don't have to, and then that's okay. And I want to be the person that can help someone find the bow that fits and gradually increase their weight and do it the right way so that there's not that like feeling of I'm afraid to say that I can't do it or mm-hmm. I'm too nervous or why you know, I don't know yeah no I all I of actually, that all of that so yeah so I've been a part of um a group called Field of Fork the last few years and it's where I've been the main instructor for the archery portion of it. And so what we do is we take 10 new hunters and 10 new, they're typically new archers or new hunters. Like the first year I did it, the 10 folks uh, that were a part of it weren't really hunters or had really ever shot a bow, like not even in PE class. Um, And we did a 10 week program where we shot once a week and then every at the end of every class we kind of gave um some like bow hunting lessons so basically we did 10 weeks of getting them ready to go bow hunting for the first time and this is men and women of all ages shapes and sizes and ability and um i would say in 10 so we wanted to get all of them from nothing no experience right in 10 weeks to pulling back 40 pounds and not just pulling back 40 pounds but um getting it in a consistent uh area on the target right like a nine inch circle. And that's awesome. And we did that every single one of them, every single one of them accomplished that. And, um, that I never really like it. I don't care what I pull back. I did that when I did that as a pride thing. Cause it pissed me off being told that I couldn't do it, <laughs> so right. I did it. but that is not, that is not healthy or necessary because at the end of the day, if, you go to pull back on a on an animal, if, especially if we're gonna talk hunting, pull back on an animal and you and your your adrenaline is going, you're wearing bulky clothes, it's cold, it's hot, whatever the conditions, if you can't pull that weight on your worst day, you shouldn't right. be pulling it regularly on your best day, regardless of what that, you know, weight is. So you don't hurt yourself or you don't or you don't injure an animal. You wanna have a clean kill, right? So right. it all those factors matter, but um well, I will say is, you know, in my experience, if you think you can't do this, the archery, you know, archery at all, like you totally can, <laughs> you can right. like, and you can go. And if bow hunting is something you want to do and it just sounds so far fetched, there are so many, there are not so many, but there are programs out there that will help you. There are YouTube channels and, and, and resources out there that want to help you. And I'm telling you this group of people, the one thing that they had 
that not everyone has is they just they wanted it really bad right they had the determination right. to do it and they put time in every week and in 10 weeks they were they did 180s it was crazy it was such a right. cool experience that is amazing i love i just love how you advocate for women and everyone in this field i just have been so impressed by all the things that you are in really like I and I feel like there are so many women I and not enough but there are these women that I've connected with that I am just like you light the fire for me to just keep pushing because I think together we can be stronger and we can help people you know if anyone listening like wants to try archery shoot me a message like i will do everything in my power to help set you up and help you feel comfortable and confident to be able to go in and try a bow or i'll go meet you like my ultimate goal i told my husband and he laughs at me but he totally supports me and i'm like one day like we have some pretty big dreams and some of them we still aren't really saying out loud yet but one of them is that like I could be available that someone could call me and be like, hey, I want to do this. And I would hop on a plane and fly out and just like go to bow shops and help girls shoot and help them find the thing that fits them the best and help it be a good positive experience rather than walking into a shop. And not all shops are like this, but there are those experiences where you walk in and the guy's like, here's your pink bow, pink youth bow, because you're a woman and, or whatever the case may be, you know, even if they're a great shop and the guy's just like, here, go shoot in the lane, excuse me, go shoot. And you don't know where your feet are supposed to go or even how to draw the bow or how to attach the release, like all of those things. Um, it, it matters. And I want people to have a good initial experience because there were moments in my journey with archery where I wanted to quit because I felt like there was too much resistance. Mm-hmm. And luckily I'm not the type of person who I like to push against the resistance. I'm not the person <laughs> that usually crumples against it. But if you are like, think of all of those people who have missed tremendous opportunities because they had terrible experiences you know oh for sure that goes for so much outside of even archery too that's right yeah i agree and and it's there's so many variables like you said like people will get so frustrated and they just think that they're not good at it you know and and it, it shuts them down or they have one like for me my you know i had a really hard time like my dad and I, my dad who like taught me everything you know we still we butt heads sometimes and right. um and my boyfriend and I we um he's in it he's not really an archery guy but when it comes to anything like anything he's taught me you know as a couple we can really butt heads but sometimes when I'm learning right. from an outside party it just I don't take anything as personal or they don't take it as personal um, there's a lot more typically learning from an outside source. It's a lot, I don't know, unbiased and more calming. And they're just looking at it to make you better where I think your loved ones who help teach you are also trying to, you know, make you better. It's just, it's just a different environment. It's just a different dynamic. Um, and I think there's a need for that, especially for women. 
And even right. though I grew up doing this most of my life, I have, I don't know, I understand we're all human and, and we make mistakes and we say stupid things or don't approach people the right way sometimes. But I, so many times in my life, I, you know, this poor gentleman at this, at this, at this shop or at this, uh, <laughs> the deer, the Iowa deer classic, this happens to me every single year at the Iowa deer classic, um, that I go up to a bow booth, an archery booth. They're selling bows, they're doing a giveaway, something like that, targets, whatever. Right. And they either completely ignore me and talk to the, right. man, the man that I'm with and they ask them all the things and never right. look at me, never make eye contact with me, never talk to me. Um, or they, they say something to the effect, like they, 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 they'll make like a funny guess about what bow I have. And like, they'll talk about a bow that's like geared towards women or they'll make right. some sort of, you know, I don't know. It's just like, that's what they start with. And I don't know if it's just, they need to know how to talk to women. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe I make them nervous. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, it is, it happens to me every year. And I think to myself, if me, someone who's been doing this their whole life is getting talked to like this, then every other woman is getting talked to like this too. And I right. can't, it just drives me crazy and it makes me sad and I want to fix it. Right. <laughs> well, I feel the same way. And I think, I think it's just lack of education, you know, like, and if we're being realistic, like probably 80% of the people that walk in their door of their shop are male at this point. Yeah. But that number's growing, you know, and, and men, men's brains, like, let's be honest, men's brains just work differently than women's, you know, and, and there's an emotional component and there is, there's just a way that our brains work that theirs don't. And so it's hard for them to relate or understand or, um, and it's the same way for me with men. Like, I'm not trying to make a broad generalization. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think sure. the same way that men do. And so when I'm helping someone who is a male, I oftentimes find myself, like, looking to other men to give me good advice so that I can give good advice to that male. Because what works for me or the way that my brain's processing it may not be as easily communicated to them. And, and so... I just think we need more women out there that can help in that field. Like eventually my husband and I really want to have a shop where we can carry um, every, every bow possible, whether we do consignment or some other type of um, some other type of option where we can have bows available for women to come and just try everything in limb weights that are drawable for most women and have women here to help assist in that. And I mean, those are like big long-term dreams, but I just want to build a place, whether it is a brick and mortar arena or an online arena I want all the arenas covered <laughs> where women feel safe and confident you know like they feel heard they feel seen they feel like their feelings and thoughts matter and they feel comfortable expressing those feelings and thoughts because I feel like in this field there's a lot of opinions right mm -hmm. and a lot of perspectives and 
it can feel hard if your opinion or your feeling or your thought is different from what seems like the loudest opinion is um, to voice that. And I want to give women a voice. Like I want to give them the ability to make the decision. And it seems silly to talk about archery in a way like this because, but really like, I want them to have a voice in the industry. I want them to pick the bow that feels the best for them. I want them to say, hey, I like this because, or I don't like this because, and it's not because it's the brand that their boyfriend wants them to shoot, or it's the thing that the archery guy told them that they needed to buy, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) I... I totally agree, and I think there's like I think there's a space for that, and I, I you're you're right. I, I think that the demographic is still very much more male dominated, but women are the lowest, the largest growing demographic, quickest growing demographic in the outdoor world. Um, right. I assume I know archery. I think that is the case for archery just as a whole as well, not just hunting related, but just archery. Um, right. So there's a need there's a need for that. And yeah, and I think, um, so this is like coming from my recruiting brain. So I'm in a (laughs) a recruiting HR role and something we talk about a lot when, when it comes to job descriptions and resumes and stuff like that, I'm going to go on this like weird, I'm going to bring it full circle here. So oftentimes what we see is let's say you have a job description and it requires A, B, and C, right? Right just general generalizing the way men and women work is women will only apply to that job if they have everything on that checklist typically right right they're they're probably overqualified really right um where a lot of times men will apply if they meet half of the list and because just the way our brains work as women is we feel that we have to know how to do everything in order to put ourselves out there for that next step whatever that is. Right. And that has been a very, um, I thought, I, I think about that a lot and it's helped me grow a lot because as a coach and someone who puts together events and workshops and things like that, I don't know it all. I learn things from people all the time, right. especially archery. Archery is kind of my sweet spot, but there are, mo- there's a couple of people I lean on a lot to learn from. Cause I, there's so much, they just know so much more than I do, you know? And right. I don't know it all, but I, my, my message out there and what I really appreciate about what you're doing and what you're saying, and this goes for archery, this goes for hunting, goes for, you know, whatever is you don't have to know everything to be a mentor or a teacher or to take someone to shoot a boat or take them hunting for the first time. I, I think that you just need to be open and honest with that person about, hey, you know, we'll learn this together. I don't really know this well, but here's how I can help you and, and, and do that. And don't be afraid to help people or reach out or teach people just because you don't know it all because you're never going to know it all. And I think right. that is holding us all back. There are people out there right now, hopefully someone listening, that they know they know quite a bit. They know quite a bit more than the average person and they could probably change someone's life through archery, right? And right. just I encourage that person who's listening to take someone to a shooting range, help them with their form, take them to, you know, be their sidekick at the archery shop. I would encourage somebody listening to do that because 
I think that's what is stunting our growth is there's a lot of people out there who could make an impact, but they're just, they just don't feel, especially women, they don't feel like they're ready to do that yet. They don't feel right. like they know enough or they're not going to make a difference. And I would say that's probably not true. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I a hundred percent agree because obviously like I haven't been shooting archery my whole life. I tell people all the time, my one regret with archery is that I didn't start sooner, but I didn't have those opportunities. Um, and no, do I have 20 years of experience? I don't. And do I know everything there is to know? I don't. There's so much that I don't know. And that, but I am constantly telling people, if you come to me with a question, I will find you the answer. I'm, even if I don't know it, I will find it for you. And I have been so blessed in this journey of making incredible connections. Um, I, my son's Joad program is just incredible. And um, the coaches there, one of the coaches has coached multiple world champions. And one of his world champions is also one of the coaches. And they have been the most incredible resource for me in finding out all the little things and all the big things and teaching me so much. And just when you think that, like, you've got one thing figured out, they're so good at, like, giving me that next edge, you know? And I think there are some people who have, we've had people who have questioned like our ability to, or our legitimacy to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like there are people who have been in the archery world for years and years who, who just shoot bows and haven't taken the time to really learn the ins and outs. And that's totally fine. Like if that's the arena you want to be in, that's fine. But we also, as a family, like this has become our passion. And so we dive into everything, you know, like we just built out our own, we started building out our own bows. We've started doing all of these things so that we can learn everything we can as quickly as we can. And and it's your level of where do you want to fit? Do you want to be the person who knows all of the mechanics and the ins and outs and all of the instruction? Or are you the person who just wants to go out and have a good time? And there's space for all of that. And we can all constantly learn from each other. Like I'm always learning from you and other connections that I've made. And I think that's the beauty of it is we all have our own path and our journey and our experiences and those things help us grow and then they help others grow as well. And we're always stronger together. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that applies to so many things. And it's so crazy. Like, it's funny to talk about you. I think you kind of said this earlier too. It's funny to talk about archery and this like kind of romantic, like, I don't know like this kind of way making it bigger right. like, we're making it bigger than like just <laughs> shooting a bow you know but it is it is bigger than that like it's it's i don't know i it's i think until you experience it it's really hard to put into words or really convey what why it's so impactful but um Right. There are probably people listening to us that are just like, oh, my gosh, it's like a bow and arrow. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> like, just go shoot and be quiet. Like, like I have it. friends that I don't dare, you know, like my just regular life mom friends that have never had anything to do with archery. I, I find myself like being really quiet about it because... <laughs> 
I'm sure that they would just be like rolling their eyes when I'm like, it's this powerful thing and I want to give it to everyone. And I just want to like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, yep. I, I can, oh, I, I relate to that in so many parts of like my life, especially anything outdoor related. If I'm not in, um, I don't know, like now I have this community of friends and people that I can like get real nerdy with about this stuff. But right. in general, if I go to like a wedding, like a small, like any of my local weddings or <laughs> events or anything like that, like no one really wants to talk about hunting or archery or Right. podcasting with me or anything it's just like I'm just like I have nothing to t- I have so many things I could talk about but I don't I'm not a very good small talk person you know I want to talk about like stuff like this <laughs> right right like nobody wants to hear about the draw lengths and why I picked this bow and yeah. you know I think all the stuff that gets me excited like I say the word I, IBO speed to one of my friends and they're like, what in the crap are you talking about? You know, but I could talk about IBO speeds for like days and, you know, <laughs> I get a chronograph in the mail and it's like the best thing ever. And anyway, nobody gets it, but I'm glad that there are a few people out there like you that get it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I just have to be careful because I have, I don't know if maybe I have like a obsessive compulsive thing I don't know but I I have to be careful about what rabbit holes I go down because I could just talk about stuff like that forever and get lost in it um and get I don't know yeah I I totally just like after this call I'm going to probably look up some of the archery fest and totally total archery challenges like which ones can I go to when is my bow going to be set up by then and figure out which ones I can do and I did not realize I feel so silly I didn't realize they were usually at ski resorts which is such a smart way to utilize that area um, right that's incredible I thought it was just like on some random mountain <laughs> no, well and some shoots are but both total archery challenge and mountain archery fest utilize the ski resorts and so um it's seriously so fun I'm actually like having lots of emotion going into Texas because like Texas was kind of like our big kickoff to our season and I've been super excited about it. Um, and we kind of made a whole vacation out of it because I lived in Texas for a little while while I was in college. Um, and it's kind of just like, there were so many really special things and, um, I got some news this week and that, has kind of put a wrench in some of those things I fought with some health struggles and um I wasn't going to talk about this but I feel like everybody's going to see it in the next couple of weeks anyway but um I have a melanoma on my side and I have to have it removed on the Monday before we leave so or well I'm hoping Monday, it'll probably end up being Wednesday um, before we leave to go to our total archery challenge in Texas. And my doctor right now is feeling like things are good and it will all be fine. Um, But it's on my right back below my arm. And I was like, I'm going to shoot this, this archery challenge. Like, is that going to be okay? And he feels like it's going to be fine. But I'm nervous that I'm going to get up there and I'm going to be in a lot of pain and that there are going to be those things. And so 
um, it's been kind of an emotional roller coaster for me. And at first it wasn't, I've dealt with a different type of skin cancer earlier on in my life. Um, but this is the first time that I've had this melanoma, which is really scary and kind of um, emotional. And today it's really kind of kicking in. So that's probably why I am like word vomiting it all out. But no, it's okay. I, yeah, that would, that, that would be a lot. And that would make me feel the same way, you know, because it, it's already scary as it is, right? Just by itself, right. it's scary. And um, yeah, when you love something, it, it just, I, I get i get that. Uh, like you, you obviously, you can tell from just talking to you, let alone like how you share. And I'm, I hope people follow you after this because you're such like a positive light about all these things. And it's just very refreshing. It's nice. Oh. It's really nice to follow. Um, you're when, so <laughs> when, when you, when you love something like that so much, like that becomes a part of who you are, you know? And so it's just, and it has to be, you looking forward to this for a while, especially how this last year has been, you know, 2020 for everybody. Um, right. It's just something to look forward to and it's something you do with your family and I would be I would be the same way and I'm hoping that everything turns out great for you and I'll be thinking about you because that is scary (laughs) thank you it you know and it's you know in the grand scheme of things like it's an archery shoe but I think the biggest thing is just like initial like we all are facing big challenges and I think when you this is like my life (laughs) here's my Here's my, I can't even think of the word, but my um, analogy for this podcast. And you can cut (laughs) this out if you want. But like, we all face these tremendous challenges. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. We all have something hard, you know. And, um, And I feel like there are times when it feels like you are on this track of accomplishing these things and you know we've just been on fire like I have been on fire this year and through 2020 and just like so passionate about archery and helping people and um and it kind of feels like a wrench but in the same hand I also know that when really hard things come into our lives there's generally a reason and a purpose Mm -hmm. and it often makes me learn something in a way that later enables me to help others. And so it may be that I just like hike the mountain with my husband and he gets to shoot and I get to be there. But like, I'm always trying to find some silver lining. And with this, there's a huge silver lining because it could be 3 million times worse than it actually is. Um, It's something that we found really early. And, but I just, um, I want people to know that like, I will support you till the end of time in archery. Like, but I will also be the person that will support you if you just need someone to support you. Like, that's my life goal. And you need to find people in your life who will do that for you and who you can also do that for, because overall, like whatever it is that you're into, whatever your passion is, whatever you are chasing, whatever dreams you have, 
you need to have a network that is going to support you and cheer you on and be the people who in your hardest times are the ones that are lifting you up and who are celebrating you in your greatest accomplishments. And I just want everyone to know that like, I will be that person for you if you don't have another person to be that for you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great way to like, I, it's hard for me every, every time. It's so hard for me because I, as I feel like we're kind of starting to wrap up an episode, I think all the other <laughs> things I wanted to ask you or say or talk mm-hmm. about, and I'm like, oh, we have to do another one because I don't <laughs> I, didn't, I, I feel like there's so much more to talk about. And that no. that's like, yeah, like, I mean, archery can be, um, it is a very like solitary thing. It can be, it can be a very like right. solo sport. Um, but it's also like, there's a really awesome community associated with archery that to uh. your point of what you're saying of just kind of like being there for people when they need, you know, they need each other. Archery has such a weird way of like, I talk about this and I, I know this is where I almost lose people in classes because they're like, oh my gosh, she's a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> is Sometimes I'll talk about uh, how I can tell when I'm really off, like maybe mentally or emotionally when I go right. shoot um, right. because I know what I'm supposed to do when I'm there. And when I'm having a really bad day or I'm really in my head, it's like any sport really. Any sport. Right. If you're really in your head and you're not just being confident and focusing at what focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on, it's going to show in your you know in your results. Um, right. I talk about that with archery a lot. Like I, archery has many times in my life made me get out of my head, and right. made me at least for a little while. You know, at least why I'm shooting. At least why I'm outside. Um, right. you know, and then I can go, I can come back to all the crap that's happening in my life, all the things that are making me sad or scaring me or stressing me out. I can come back to that in an hour, you know, but this, this hour of shooting or time outside or time in the tree stand is, is for me and for me to make a great shot and get better at, you know, what I love. And I, and I think that's what, you know, you keep laughing about making archery bigger than it is, but that's what it is that because it is a sport and you have to, if you're in your head and you are overthinking things, you, you're going to make mistakes and it's going to show in your shooting. So if you want to do great, you have to kind of, you have to take a deep breath and just focus on, you know, the arrow to the target and what that, what that means. And you can't, you can't really think about all the crap in your outside life. And that speaks to a lot of, I'm not a mom, but a lot of times in my classes that that's a, it becomes an escape for a lot of women um, who have kiddos. It's just like their time, you know, they just, they get a short period of time to just escape and, you know, not even escape, just clear their head, you know, refresh, restart. Right. Well, and you need that. Like as a mom, your little people suck and suck everything from you like oh my heavens sorry they they need you and it's the best thing ever but if you are not taking time for yourself eventually your cup is completely empty and I know it's the old analogy but like you cannot refill someone else's cup if your pitcher is empty Mm -hmm. and 
as women, I think we have a tendency to give and give and give and give and think that we don't need anything in return. But, but that's not true. Like you have to have something that sustains you and it becomes really easy to lose yourself. I know that I personally have been in that position where I had three very little people very quickly and pretty soon I did not know who I was anymore. Like Mm -hmm. if someone asked me what I liked, if someone asked me about myself, like I couldn't answer those questions because I was so consumed with just being a mother to my children and a wife to my husband and the homemaker that everything that I needed and wanted was no longer even a focus for me. And so, um, so archery has been something for me that has really helped me regain who I am. Like I mentioned that I was kind of a tomboy growing up and Mm -hmm. wasn't super girly. And once you have kids, you're kind of expected to fit into this mom mold of like, you're this mothering, nurturing, human who has all these women friends and you hang out in play dates and talk about mom stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. which is true and great. And I have some amazing mom friends, but that was weird for me because I didn't know how to really have women friends. (laughs) And, and I kind of didn't know what to do, you know, and I didn't really feel like I fit. I just kind of went along and did what I thought was expected of me. And when I got into archery, um, all of that kind of changed. Like all of a sudden I had, I don't know. I just felt like I found a place where I fit. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but I finally found something that like fulfilled me and I felt like I fit in that space and where I was respected and where I had kind of like my own thing where I could feel successful again. Yep. Yes, I can relate to that a lot. Because even, and I guess for some of you out there, and I know I've heard this from others, is a really great thing about like an online community and social media too, is if you locally where you are don't necessarily feel like you fit, because that might be the case. Like I, you know, it's starting to evolve for me and change for me now. But I grew up, I'm only an hour away from where I grew up and I grew up hunting and doing archery and and guns and being a tomboy and all those things. And there was all of a sudden this moment when I was like 15, 16 years old where I realized that there was not, not even just girls, like guys or girls that were like me or loved what I loved. And as I got into sports and like dating and all that stuff, it wasn't cool. Like people didn't think it was right. cool. They, they couldn't relate to it. They thought it was weird. Um, I remember right. being like bullied because I missed one volleyball practice to go hunting with my dad. And like, that was like, Aww. people made fun of me. And I was, it made me like, I don't know. It just was bizarre to me growing up in Iowa, which is like a hunting, supposed to, supposed to be this like hunting mecca kind of thing. Right. And, and no one appreciated it. I When I did 3D shoots, I, I it's like kind of like a funny joke, but I got multiple first place uh, medals and like plaques at these like 3D shoots when I was a preteen. 
Right. um, I got them because I was the only girl my age. Right. The only one competing. (laughs) The only reason I got first place is because I was the only one there. And uh, I just remember, you know, sometimes that would make me proud because I'm like, well, I'm the only one who's badass enough to show up. (laughs) And then other times it kind of made me sad because as I got older, I really didn't have anyone to relate to to do that with besides my dad a little bit. Um, and then my brother later in life, but I really, I didn't have that. And it really in the last few years is when I got that, like it took, you know, I'm almost 30 and I grew up around this and I I still didn't have a community around me. And the reason I feel like I do now is mostly from online, which is crazy. Right. Because so I guess out there, you know, I love what you're talking about of having that support because the way our world is changing, like there's people in little corners of the United States or the world who love this stuff and and they just need a community to keep themselves motivated and keep going or to feel, you know, not alone. So I love what you're saying. And to add to my craziness of like (laughs) this whole discussion, but honestly, the archery community, like has been so healing for my heart and that sounds you know we're just continuing on this path of craziness um but really like it has really renewed my faith in humanity because i think we've gone through this year of 2020 of isolation and there's so many things going on that don't necessarily align with my personal belief system and that are scary like let's be honest, are scary. And um, I feel like we, as my family, we have been led down this path, not only to be in the archery community, but to learn and see that there are people all over this country who still have strong beliefs and, and are willing to love and support and lift and there's just still really great people out there. And for a while I was starting to question that. Like, are we the only ones, like, are there, is there anyone left, you know, that is going to love and support and lift and be positive. And, and it's, it's been kind of life altering for me in this year. Like it has been the thing that's kind of buoyed me up despite all of the uncertainty and unrest and craziness that's going on in our country, um, this is a community that will take you in and they will lift you up and they will inspire you and they will cheer you on. And that is something that I really needed this year. And I'm so grateful that, that I chose something to be passionate about that also puts me in this arena with so many incredible people yeah, I totally agree. This is um, this has been really awesome, and like, I hope it's relatable for others because it's so so relatable for me. And it is you can like insert archery with something else too if it's not even archery. But I think right. archery is for everybody. And I I um, there's so many programs out there and resources for those who um, maybe they have. Um, like physical limitations, you know, that you're thinking, yes. oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. There are there are a lot of um, resources and tools out there through like the NASP, NASP program and U.S. Archery uh, 
for those who are thinking, oh, I physically maybe can't do this. And, and I, I would say they have um, accommodations for so many people <laughs> to do archery. So uh, if that is any, going on in anyone's head, there are some really cool resources out there for, um, for, for everyone who wants to get into this. Right. And that's 100%. Yes. And you guys being like, just, I, I love it. I just, I love what you and your, your family is sharing. And um, I guess how can, tell us all how people can find you and follow along and learn from you, everything. Um, you can find us on basically all the major platforms. So we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we are on um, YouTube and then we will have an Etsy shop coming up really soon. We are Epic Archery Unleashed, but it's at E-P-P-I-C-H, Archery Unleashed. So Epic is our last name, but it's spelled kind of funny. Um, and you can find us there. And I am the most responsive on Instagram because that's where I am spending the majority of my time currently. But we would love any questions or concerns or anything that you need archery related or like I said related to other things we just are here to try and help and lift and be a positive force for people awesome thank you so much for what you're doing and um and just putting yourself out there in the first place and I'm just I'm really excited for uh what you guys have come in it's just like I'm I'm, I'll be your hype woman, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, well, I adore what you guys are doing and I can relate <laughs> to it. And I just think that there's a need for it. And I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> I'll just end up going on another oh. rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I feel the same about you. I just, I am so grateful that we've made this connection and that you thought of me to do this podcast. Like I am so honored that you would even consider me to do this and I'm so excited to watch and follow what you're doing and hopefully we can do some cool things together in the future. Absolutely. I would love that. I would love that. Maybe I just need to move to come to Utah. Utah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I've always, I have said, I, I weirdly, I think I told, did we talk about this? I can't remember. I've weirdly said that, like, I feel like Utah is a place that would, like, steal my heart. Like, I would never want to leave. I've never, I've only been to Utah once, and it was for work. So I didn't really get to, like, fully experience it, you know? I just got to look into the mountains and do nothing with it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Utah would steal my heart very much. It kind of does that. It definitely <laughs> does. Come on out. Come visit. Yay. Thank you so much. I, I will um, be sharing like how people can find you and follow you and um, all the resources we talked about in the show notes and everything. And I, I just, I wish you the best of luck with everything you have going on and um, your, your archery challenge in Texas coming up. So that'll be awesome. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for everything. Aww, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening to this episode. I am so excited to take season two even further than I ever did uh, with the podcast. Woods and Waters Project has been so incredibly special to me and the folks I have met and connected with due to this podcast. I just, I can't explain how much you guys have added to my life and how grateful I am for all of you. 
and I want to get this podcast back up weekly. And that is the plan, guys. Every week, you're going to be hearing from me or an incredible guest. So we're back better than ever. Thank you for being here. Check us out on our website. Reach out to me. Leave a review. Connect. Ask questions. I want to hear from you. Thank you for listening to me. And until next time. 